Welcome to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast, where we offer actions and steps you can take today to start balancing your hormones naturally. This is your podcast host, Leah Brueggemann. I am a functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner. I am honored and excited to be your guide on your journey to better understanding your hormonal health and how it affects your everyday life. Welcome back to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast. We have a super special guest for you today, which I think will be actually just so awesome because I am obviously not as versatile in the mental health field. And I feel like this is going to be so applicable to everyone. But this is Lorna Costa, which I think I said right. No? Costa. 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 <laughs> making it fancier in my head. Yeah. Um, but she is the host of Ditch Decade Diets podcast. And this is the question I wanted to ask you. How did you come up with this name? Because I think it's just so applicable. Like, I feel like diets come from generations, you know, like your mom was on one, your grandma was on one. Yeah, definitely. So for myself, like I've never been on like Weight Watchers or Actins or anything like that, but I say I've always been on a diet because I've always had these food rules. I had these like foods that I was allowed to eat and foods that I shouldn't eat. And I have struggled with a lot of like gut issues myself and hormonal issues myself. And there was always like, you know, so many foods that I need to be mindful of or else I would look six months pregnant. And, you know, I was just obsessed with food, thinking about food all the time. And I struggled for an entire decade. So a lot of the people that I coach are decade dieters. And I'm like, this is just the perfect name. If you want to be free from decade dieting. Yeah. I love that. Um, So, okay. Can you just tell me a little bit about yourself? I know you specialize in binge eating. And so like, what got you started there? Um, do you have a personal story? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my name is Lorna and I'm a binge eating coach and I specialize in helping women to improve their relationship with food and break free from binge eating using brain-based techniques to rewire the brain out of these habitual cycles. So I used to be a personal trainer. I was always into health and fitness and eating healthy and exercising, but that really quickly turned into this obsession with things needing to look perfect. And like I mentioned, always needed to be on a diet and, you know, spending hours and hours in the gym. And I realized that, you know, not only did I have a poor relationship with food, but even the clients as a personal trainer that I was coaching were scared to go out for dinner and they'd be feeling so guilty if they ate a piece of chocolate or a cookie. And I said, you know, like, I need to really improve my relationship with food. This is not normal. I thought, well, you know, maybe I'm just not motivated enough or I don't have enough willpower to stick to the diet. Right. Right. And I realized that it's not my fault. I've wired this habit into my brain and I need to learn how to make peace with food and get out of the dieting wagon and be able to really just like love myself and cultivate more self-love and not be so hard on myself. And ever since I improved my relationship with food and I've been over two years, completely binge free, 
the amount of time that I have no longer thinking about food, you know, my sex life improved, like so many things improved. And I just wanted to really share this information with women who deserve to be free from binge eating. Yeah. Cause I think eat or eating in general, especially if you have any sort of blocks in that area can kind of just consume your life. You know, like when you're eating, you're thinking about your next meal of eating. Um, so can we talk about how this works? Like brain-based techniques. Can we, how does this work? Yes. So there's, I kind of, there's four different phases of the binge eating cycle. So the first phase is the restriction phase. So this is when there are good foods, there's bad foods. You are telling yourself you can't eat past 7 PM. You can only have, you know, one piece of chocolate. There's all these rules. The second phase is when there's pressure. So think about yourself, like kind of holding a basketball underwater. If you've ever done this, it's really challenging. So you're holding the basketball underwater. You're feeling very deprived. You're feeling very restricted. You're thinking about all those off limit foods, those quote unquote bad foods. You're obsessing about the food even more. And when you can't handle that anymore, when you feel too deprived, you can't stick to it anymore. What ends up happening is you take your hands off the basketball, so to speak, and the basketball doesn't just slowly come up. The basketball like smacks you in the face. And this is where, because we're so deprived, we overeat, we binge, we go balls to the wall. We have this all or nothing screw it mentality. I've already eat one cookie. I messed up. Might as well just eat the entire row of cookies. Yeah. And when you've done that, then the fourth phase is fear. Like we feel scared to gain weight. We feel like we're spiraling out of control. We want to get back to safety. We want to get back to feeling in control. So what do we do? We go back to the first phase, which is restriction. And the more times that we repeat this cycle of restricting, having the pressure builds, getting into the screw it mentality, fearing the weight gain, trying to get back onto our diet, the more this habit, you know, gets into the brain and same with our binges. It Mm -hmm. feels very uncomfortable to feel that urge to binge. I describe it to my clients, like a itchy mosquito bite that needs to be scratched And every time that you feel that urge and you give in that habit is being further ingrained into your brain, which makes it that much harder to dismiss those urges. And it feels like you just have to give in. Mm, That makes sense. Okay. So how do you stop? (laughs) Mm. Next question. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's like such a loaded question, but because I'm so big in rewiring the brain, we have to rewire our brain out of these cycles. So if we can create more time, more space and more distance between feeling that urge and giving in, that's going to help to weaken and diminish that urge. So a few things that you can do, the thing is you can't think your way out. I want to make that super clear because I'm sure you have a lot of listeners who are like really driven and really committed. And it's like, just don't binge, just don't binge, just don't binge. But the reality is, is that's just not the way that the brain works. Mm -hmm. So 
instead of thinking our way out, we want to change how we physically feel. We want to change our physical state because when we physically feel different, we mentally think different as well too. And a few ways to do that. Um, the first way is through breath work. So I'm also a certified breath work facilitator, but even if you just take 30 seconds, do a quick exhale through the mouth. It sounds like this snapping in your belly. Every single time you do that for 30 seconds, take a little break, repeat three to four times. You're going to start to notice clarity in your mind. You might even notice like tingly sensations in your body because you're creating a state change. Um, another one is either a cold shower. So really just <laughs> core cold plunges, like we were talking about splashing yep. water on your face, just like shocking the shocking your body, breathing through that. Um, and then movement, it doesn't have to be a workout, but it can just be putting on some music and dancing, shaking it out, like literally shaking your body, shaking your legs, jumping up and down, getting your heart rate up. If you've ever done a workout, you always feel different, right? The endorphins are flowing. You feel really good. So this is far more effective in helping you to not give in to the urge than just trying to tell yourself, you know, I promise this is going to be the very last binge. It's more deeper than that. Okay. So before we go off on a tangent that is connected, I have to ask. So after you do like movement or splash your water, do you then go, okay, you can eat something or do you say no? Or what happens after that? So that's a really good point here. When we tell ourselves you can't binge, the little inner rebel inside of us comes and says, you tell me I can't do that. I am going to do that. So right. we don't want to tell ourselves we can't binge. Instead, mm -hmm. you can eat. You can eat, but you must use some of those tools before because when you do go and eat, you're going to do it in a less impulsive way, mm -hmm. right? So it's really that permission. And there is a difference between a productive binge and an unproductive binge. Unproductive right. is when you're checked out, you're on autopilot, you feel like you're going through this out-of-body experience, but a productive binge is you have awareness. I am choosing to do this, but because I'm doing it in a way where I'm less impulsive, I am not going to be so mentally checked out. Mm, that makes sense. It's very similar, I guess, to when we talk about blood sugar balance, like you can have whatever you want, just balance it out. So it's going to be more nourishing to your body. And then you aren't, you know, dealing with the highs and lows that will come after spiking your blood sugar. So I just want to touch on something really quickly, which I just think is so interesting. So you're talking about like this, the cold water, and you're talking about breath work and movement and all of these things, especially that fast activation breath. And so we had someone in the, in the Facebook group who is a hormone yoga therapist, which I didn't even know you could do that. You she uses like a combination of breath work and movement to actually stimulate your organs. And that was one of the breaths she gave. And then over here, someone else that's coming on the podcast, um, deals with nervous system regulation. And she talks a lot about like 
before you try to make a decision on something, move your body, like shake it, get it out. And I'm just over here. Like, this is crazy. Like all of you guys specialize in completely different things, but this is why I think, you know, what you do works is because it, it touches on so many aspects, you know, like when you're dealing with binge eating, I'm sure there's, there's so much of that emotional and hormonal aspects as well. And so when you have these different techniques, like, yes, it works for, um, eating, but it probably also touches so many other areas of their life as well, because everything's Mm -hmm. so connected. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, The reason it works so much is because we're getting out of our mind, out of our busy, chaotic mind and into our body. And we all have this beautiful intuition, right? And so funny for the longest time, I'm like, I don't have an intuition. I can't hear when I'm hungry. I don't know when I'm full. I don't know what's the right thing to do. I was so up in my head thinking about food, obsessing about calories, when's my next meal that I couldn't access my intuition. And when you're judging your food choices and you're feeling guilty, you're feeling shame, that blocks your body's ability to connect to your intuition, to be connected to your body. So it's the fastest way to drop out of our mind into our body is to actually just do breath, to move our body, to do the cold shower, to have that connection right away into your body. Just a quick break to remind you that if you are not already seed cycling with us, you should be seed cycling with us. The benefits of seed cycling are amazing. They contain so many nutrients that are necessary for hormonal balance, including zinc, manganese, vitamin E, all of the good things, amazing for egg quality. And while seed cycling is not the end picture, like that's not all that you'll have to do to maybe achieve the things that you're looking for in your health, you guys, it is the easiest thing that you can do. So one tablespoon of pumpkin and one tablespoon of flax seeds from your period to ovulation, and then switch to sesame and sunflower. So that is one tablespoon of each of those seeds every single day. You want to be buying whole organic and then grind them before you eat them the reason why you don't want to buy ground is that they go rancid within a couple weeks so unless you know where your seeds are coming from how long they were sitting on the shelf they're probably rancid by the time you get them okay so start seed cycling with us and as always if you want to make this even simpler for yourself that is where Funkit Wellness Seeds can literally change your life. They are organic, they are certified B Corp, all of their seeds are like they get them from the best places and you can get them shipped to your door. So it literally doesn't get any simpler than that. And it's a subscription. So literally happy hormone subscription box. I can sign up for that. Yes. Yes, please. So you can get yours shipped to your door right now. They're only in the U S. So if you're outside of the U S I apologize, but if you are inside of the U S take advantage of the flash sale that they have going on. You can use code Leah, L-E-A-H 20 to save 20% off of your order. And you even save already on your subscription. So I love seed cycling, but I will say that sometimes it can get hard to stick to because it's hard to find quality seeds. And sometimes I forget to grind them and then I don't get my seeds in for the day. So 
Funkit Wellness makes it super simple. Literally, they're shipped right to my door. They grind them right before they ship them so I know that they're not rancid. They have certified B Corp companies that they get their seeds from, so they're super high quality. They're organic, so yeah. I'm much more consistent with my seed cycling now, thanks to Funkit Wellness. Wow, I love that. See, we I feel like we've talked about cold showers on here. Maybe it's just me and my clients. Another reason to do cold showers. <laughs> yes, it's it's like it sucks. It's like I'm cold all the time. Yeah. But you just get out of it and it's like you just feel like brand new. Like you just feel mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> I know. So, you know those you can do those cold plunges with those massive like tubs. Yeah. Um I want to get one someday, but like you can't, can't do it with you. You're pregnant. So I have just pushed that to the back burner. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, maybe I could like fill my bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so funny. My husband actually purchased one the other day and I'm like, we can just use the cold shower. I can just like use the ice tub. And it's yeah. apparently not the same thing. <laughs> I mean, I do have to say it looks really nice to just have it like sitting there and you can just, you know. I see people like completely submerged and then they'll come up and I'm like, okay, I'm not that brave because when I do the hot, cold showers, like that first couple seconds of cold, I'm like, I cannot breathe. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Oh, so good for you. So good for you. Okay. Um, so I know one that typically pops up for a lot of women is late night, um, eating. Mm -hmm. And so can we talk about that? Like, obviously we're not talking about, you know, your, a healthy mindset of like, I'm hungry. I'm going to have a snack, but like the stuff where you're just like, you, you're scared of nighttime because you feel like you eat your pantry. Yeah, definitely. So I think nighttime eating is, man, it is so common for so many people. And I think understanding the way that the brain works. So first thing in the morning, we have higher amounts of decision-making power and we haven't made many decisions throughout the day, right? You just wake up your, your brain's kind of fresh, so to speak. But as you go about the day and you're deciding like, should I press snooze? Um, what should I eat for breakfast? Um, how should I do my hair? all these decisions, it does fatigue out the brain. So we can have these like really good intentions and it's not about motivation. It's not willpower, but we can have these good intentions, but when our brain is fatigued, it resorts to what is most easiest, simple, what's comforting, what's pleasurable for the brain, what's most familiar. And for most people that's sitting on the couch, putting on Netflix and eating a bag of chips. It's on autopilot. Now, what I would, what I would say is I think a lot of the times we think like, what do I need to do in the evening to not eat? But the reality is, is like, there's so many other things that we can do throughout our day to prevent us from even feeling that urge to binge in the evening. And one of them is making sure that your meals are satisfying. I think for a lot of people, we, if we're like in that diet mentality, it's like, we think, what should I eat? What, what do I have to eat? And we get scared of like having really satisfying meals. And that doesn't mean you got to, you know, throw a bunch of butter on it to make it satisfying, but 
like, what do you actually enjoy? For me, I love different food combinations. I can't just, you know, have a bowl of rice. I need, you know, my, my, my rice with, you know, my meats and my vegetables and a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And stop worrying about what it needs to look like and start asking yourself, like, what actually sounds good? Because when you're satisfied, you're not just full. You can feel full, but if you're not satisfied, you're going to keep on eating. But if you're full and you're satisfied, there is no desire to keep on eating and come the end of the night, you're satisfied. So you're not looking for that satisfaction at the end of the night. And what I would say too, is pleasure and fun is really important. And I think for a lot of people, food is the main source of joy, the more, the the main source of pleasure in a lot of people's lives. But we need to have pleasure. You know, it's not just about like doing your day job and coming home and getting pleasure through binging in the evening, but it's, are you allowing yourself to have fun? Are you experiencing pleasure in your food, but also in your everyday life? Because when you're so high on life, so to speak, you don't need to get that high from a binge, which is really, really important. That makes sense. I remember this is like totally off topic, but I remember one of my friends saying that she was watching a documentary and it had to do with weight. Um, and she's like, even though you may, you will feel so bad about yourself that you eat because those carbs give you that, you know, those, those good feelings. And then you feel guilty for eating. And so then you go back to the food again, because you you're, you want that short time high basically. So that really makes sense. Um, and it's wild to me too. Like the decision-making fatigue at the end of the month or the end of the day makes a lot of sense. But I think too, sometimes like you, if you're on that diet mentality train, like, let's say you have a dessert in the house and you're like, well, I'm going to eat my dinner. And like, I'm not going to eat the dessert. It's, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Right. And then you would be much better off eating your dinner, having your dessert with it. Your a, your blood sugar is going to be more stable, but then like you made that decision and you decided to have it instead of like, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it until you kind of get a little bit hungry later in the evening. And then your decision fatigue, I guess, has hit at that point. And yeah. then you feel guilty instead of making the decision to add it to your meal. Yeah. And I think too, it's like, we fear cravings. Like they're like these big, scary monsters. So throughout the day, a lot of people can do super well. And that's because they're dismissing their cravings, right? It's like they get a craving for chocolate and they're like, no, I need to do good. But that craving builds and it's no longer a craving at the end of the day. It turns into an impulse to the point where you don't have a choice, but to give in. And if you are somebody who struggles with nighttime eating, Try having the foods that you tend to binge on in the evening during the day. So we can kind of normalize it and not see it as like this bad food. Like I'm having my lunch and I'm going to have a piece of chocolate. Just kind of have it be normal. That's going to help with satisfaction. And that's going to also help to not turn that craving into a binge impulse. 
Mm, that makes sense. I've never understood the people that are like, I want to eat ice cream. And so I'm eating a cucumber or um, I want mashed potatoes. So I'm going to eat mashed cauliflower. Yeah. <laughs> Just like what? <laughs> yeah. Or like, instead of ice cream, I'm going to have like a bowl of yogurt. It's like mm-hmm. kind of the same. And I'm like, no, it's not the same. No. And that's where, you know, quality is so important too. Like, I know we didn't really even touch on this, but it's also wild to me. Like, um, I think we had this on a client call where we talking about the bliss factor that so many companies have in their foods where they put hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in defining that bliss factor in food, which is the perfect combination of like you being satiated, but wanting to eat more, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, the pleasure factor with your food. And it's like, so that's where, you know, choosing quality also is great because you're not like falling into that trap that those companies have, you know, this is in most ice creams and chocolates and chips and candy, um, is the bliss factor. But like, if you're getting like, you're making your own ice cream or you're making your own, it's not like, you know, the formula for bliss factor. So (laughs) exactly. And, you know, I think to understanding the way that the brain works with that, it's like every time you eat those foods that are, you know, higher in sugar, higher in those like processed foods, it does light up the brain's reward center. Like that's just what happens your brain, like it feels like it hit the jackpot and you crave those foods any like even more. And that's why we're like, you know, why can I have a bite of something sweet? And then all of a sudden I'm like finishing the entire row of cookies. Well, we do need to understand that it does light up the brain's reward center. So I'm a big believer in, you know, eating healthy and, you know, obviously nourishing your body and enjoying those foods in moderation, but having the awareness of what it does to the brain. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, you guys all know what we're talking about. It's like when you get that cooking, you bite into it and you like close your eyes and you're just like, oh, I've been waiting all day for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually noticed that, um, specifically with ice cream, I don't know what it, or no, no chocolate's another one too, where it's like, if you get like an ice cream, like, like a Haagen-Dazs ice cream or something with like limited ingredients. Like I've always been like, I can eat a serving and I'm, and I'm good. Like I literally feel satiated. Well, if you take like some other type of ice cream, you're just like, I need to eat all of it. Even though you're like, I, I kind of am full. It's again, companies, they're just out to get you. Yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's so true. And and, and that's why I think if we do our part to find satisfaction with, you know, our meals, we're not going to have that desire to binge and overdo it on like some of these other foods. Um, so just, yeah, creating more satisfying meals and what you find pleasurable is really important. Yeah. This was really helpful. So where can the people find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram or TikTok um, at Lorna underscore binge eating coach. I also have my podcast, um, Ditch Decade Diets podcast. Um, And if you want to download my free guide to stop your binge eating, you can go to sustainablehealthproject.com forward slash free guide. Hopefully you guys can remember that, but if not, I'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Thank you so much for hopping on. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you found this helpful, I would love for you to share it with a friend and post it on your stories and tag Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast so we can get this message out. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G and I would absolutely love to hear from you. Thank you.